Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, this episode is a long time coming. We're at episode 335 of the podcast, and I cannot, I'm kind of like ashamed. I have not talked yet to my own mom on the podcast, you know? Uh, last Sunday was Mother's Day, and so I know this is kind of like a belated mother's day episode of the show um but i wanted to have her on and once again doing the podcast just reminds me how much i absolutely love just sitting down and having a conversation with someone and it could be someone i've never met like there's been a bunch of athletes and adventurers i've been able to talk to who the first time you know we connect with the podcast is the very first time I've ever talked with them. So that's always cool. Um, it could be old friends. It could be someone I met maybe on uh, an adventure or, you know, at an ultra race. And this is like, you know, the second time sitting down chatting with them. Or it could be someone like this who literally, literally has been around my whole entire life. Um, but by like making space and having like an intentional conversation, you can learn something new about a person that you never knew before. Uh, and growing up, you know, I knew my mom loved going on adventures and I knew that she enjoyed that, but I never really like stopped to ask her like, why, why does she like go? going to do that and and why is this like a huge important part of her life and also just like as a lifelong athlete like she was always in um tennis she was always riding her bike she still is <laughs> um and as a lifelong athlete I never stopped to really talk with her about why that kind of stuff is important to her um, and when we get into the episode, there's a moment that I'm like, whoa, oh my goodness. Like, I bet so many people can relate to what she said and like the ideas she expressed, but also just like how much, you know, these sports meant to her, you know, like when we talked about cycling, cycling has been such a huge part of her life for such a long time now and the community of it and the kind of freedom that the bike brings it's so incredibly important to her and listening to her talk about it um i think there's a part where a, a lot of people i know me personally like i definitely related and connected to what she was saying so anyways once again just doing the podcast though has been such a wonderful gift in my life uh you know, it's it's let me meet these incredible people. It's brought some ideas that I never would have considered before um, that I've taken with me, like my, like lessons that people have shared on the show, like I've integrated them into my life. Um, and then also it's just helped me um, sit down like I had my dad on. Um, I want to have him back on soon, hopefully at some point, but maybe a Father's Day episode, uh, but I had him on a while ago and that was just spectacular. And then sitting down and having my mom on today is, it's just like this gift and I don't know how else to say it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for the episode. So let's get right into it. 
This is Like Bigfoot podcast number 335 with my mom, Carol Ward. And usually I ask the guests how to say their names, but I think I got yours. I think you got mine too. I think I can. Uh, is it Carl Weird? <laughs> I hope Carl you're not Weird? saying things like you always do. This is going to be the best one. It is going to be the best one. Time. Yeah. You say no. that every time. I say it every time because I'm optimistic and hopeful. There you go. Yeah. See? Okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, very, very excited for today's episode. Um, we are. I wanted to do kind of like a Mother's Day episode, but it's coming out like a week late. Uh, so I decided to bring my own mom on the podcast. And mom, I'm going to be honest, like I am more intimidated for this podcast than I am for most, you know? Like I'm afraid that I'm going to eventually just revert back into like teenage mode. You know, and just be like, Mom, stop it. Like that kind of thing. You know what I well, mean? So uh we'll see I how do. it goes. I hope I don't call you Bob. That's what I hope. <laughs> so my mom always calls me her brother's name for some reason. She goes through I'm an only child, mind you, and you'll go through like a list of like five different names and then get to my own actual name. You're well, not that's because that's because when we're doing play things like hiking or playing uh, basketball or something, I think you're Bob. <laughs> Bob's like a foot taller than me, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your humor's the same. Nice. All right. Well, I'm super excited, Mom. I have a bunch of things I would love to hear about and talk to you about. You're obviously one of the more important human beings in my life. Uh, and so I'm very honored to have you on the podcast. And I just want to say thank you for somehow some way shaping me into the human that i am today um and i really appreciate it and i love you very very much so thank you for coming on that is so sweet and um you're trying to make me cry aren't you? i am that's the other thing i'm like <laughs> and i was telling Lindsay today i was texting her and i was like i'm 100 percent making her cry that's definitely gonna happen so no i'm not gonna cry i just got off a bike ride i feel really strong Okay, so okay. If, if the goal is you cry, I sound like a whiny teenager. Deal? Okay, we're 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 not we're not going there. Okay. okay? <laughs> um, I do want to ask you this though. So recently, you went on a trip uh, to Havasu Falls, and it kind of seemed like remind me this is a trip that was like three or four years in the making, right? Like, weren't you planning sure. on going there like in 2020 and all that stuff? Yeah, we signed up in. 20 yeah 2020 and about a month later it was done yeah it wasn't they, happening they closed the reservation yes yeah did you see recently like there was like complete flooding there yeah it was it was actually about a month before we got there and you could see because it's all along you know a riverbed yeah you could see how it flooded out and that had to be an amazing thing getting all those people out of there yeah that was the thing there was a whole um, bunch of videos foot, it's 10 feet in and 2500 feet down wait. and i can't imagine getting all those people out of there so wait what do you mean 10 feet in i don't understand 10 feet back off the road okay meaning but they have a village 
two miles up yeah. from the campground. Yeah. But most people were probably in the campground. So everyone. So had, a lot of yeah. people went up to the Supai, which is a little village. Yeah. And they do have helicopters that land there. Yeah. For the supplies and stuff, because it's pretty remote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, I think they use that. Some people camped in Supai, which is. Which like way was. up there. Yeah. But anyways, the videos online when they're evacuating that and the whole oh, place really? flooding. Oh, I'd love to crazy. see that. Yeah, you should check out some of those. But I wanted to ask you about it because you sent me a text message and you just said, we did something so dangerous, climbed <laughs> down 250 foot of rock wall and back up. Most dangerous thing I've ever done. Three exclamation points. And then I just put, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Like yeah, what? it was. It was tell a. It was a yeah, tell it me. was kind of a trip because once we got down into the canyon where we were staying, there there's beautiful falls. Yeah. And one of the falls was Mooney Falls. We walked to it's only, I don't know, wasn't very far, and we were at the top of the fall. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But to get down to the where the river is so we could go to the next fall, they failed to tell you that you kind of have to go through the mountain yeah. in a little tunnel, like 100 feet, drop 100 feet. And from there, you turn around like a ladder and you scale down. Yeah. You know, I'm not a climber, <laughs> you know, but you have to. But luckily, you don't look at you don't look to the bottom. You only look where you're putting your feet each yeah. time. And as you got down there closer and closer, it got slicker because the water was coming off the falls and splashing and stuff. Yeah. But they did have chains and ropes to kind of ease your way down. I mean, I couldn't have done it. But now that I'm back and just today I was kind of looking, how did that get its name? Well, James Mooney in in the 1800s, he fell to his death on that. (laughs) going down that <laughs> luckily so wait we didn't so literally that. it was moody falls and because he fell mooney yeah it's his last name you know gotcha. it's kind of like shooting a river yeah uh rapid if you make it for the first time your name but, it, but he didn't make it that's what you're saying <laughs> oh yeah that's right he didn't make it and some of his other people got hurt too but that's, that's crazy so yeah, yeah but, so that's crazy I so i'm ask. like 73 and i'm like do you realize that was probably the most dangerous thing you've ever done in your life even though i know you have people that do real things you know that's dangerous no that that like was dangerous yeah, yeah for sure no helmets I, you know nothing yeah i was gonna ask you um with when you're out like adventuring with your friends and things like this you have a really cool like group of friends where you go on bike rides and do all sorts of crazy stuff but are you the peer pressurer or the peer pressure e like when you were doing that are you like hey guys we can do Let's this do it. yeah no i i shut my mouth and waited till somebody would say we're not going and then i was like yes <laughs> but no one said it so we just went you know Oh, and then we had to come back up it too. Yeah. Well, that's not as hard for some reason. That wasn't as, I think there's something in your brain, like when you're stepping down into like nothingness almost, uh-huh. it's really scary because you put your foot off the ladder and you're stepping down and you're like, oh my God, I hope this actually hits something. I don't know. Right. Was, and actually yeah. for one second, I felt like I was just hanging <laughs> on the chains. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I'm, yeah. But honestly, you couldn't be scared because if you were scared, you weren't, you weren't going to make it. Yeah. You know? That's so crazy. I didn't really, I wasn't really scared. Yeah. Because as we came through the little tunnel through the mountain, we couldn't see the bottom. I couldn't see what we were into, you know? Yeah. And so I you... asked the girl that had done it, I'm like, do you go down? You go, went down like a ladder. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I think like when I've talked to a couple of friends, like we went out and ran the Grand Canyon, um, like down to the river and stuff. And mm -hmm. I was like, definitely terrified. Like, I don't like heights at all. And, oh, really? Yeah. And I remember oh, yeah, asking, because you have a lot of exposure. There's a lot. And it wasn't as bad as I thought, I don't think. But I was asking my friends, I was like, is it to me, it's better to start in the dark where you're just not seeing it. Like, I don't want to see the cliffs. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see oh the cliffs. God. Like, I can, the trail there is totally wide. It's like as wide as like a sidewalk. So you really don't uh -huh. have a chance. Like, it's not like you're going to randomly step off of it or anything. But I was Excellent. like, I'd rather just not see it, you know, and just know that there's a cliff there, but not have to look, you know, I don't know. That was yeah. my own cycle. So I kept asking yeah. that. I felt like it was like a good, like psychological text test. Like, yeah. do you want to see the cliff or do you want to just not see it? No, you never want to look over the exposure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least for me, yeah, that's totally. the way I handle it. So I do, <laughs> I have like a list of ideas here. I do, I do want to hear about some adventures that you've been on. You're a very adventurous person. Um, I do want to ask you about your mom, grandma. Uh, I think this is this being like a Mother's Day episode. Um, I wonder how much of like our our adventurous spirit as like a family, you know, how much like I guess when you're thinking. So I guess we can talk a little bit about grandma and I have her book like so our aunt made this book. Aunt Chris made this cool book uh, about yeah. about her and it was so cool. Like it's like 15 pages and it goes through her whole entire life and just interviews with her and things like that, which I absolutely love and totally cherish this book. And I think it was such a good idea. Um, but I just wonder, like, she just seems like for our family, this like overarching figure that had such an impact on every single person's life. And I don't know, I just kind of want to hear about like your perspective of that and your perspective of growing up and all of that. Well, she definitely ran the household, you know, and she was always busy, yeah. you know, because when we lived in, when we were young, not in high school, she was always doing things like, um, I mean, her washing the clothes with through one of those ringer things. Yeah. She made live soap. We had coal for our heat. Yeah. She had a garden that was like an acre big and dad and her would both you know plan it pick it harvest it all that stuff yeah she would she would sew every piece of clothing i had she sewed it and there, there's five of us kids yeah so she sold our clothes and then even when i got older like in junior high and stuff she'd be up till 10 30 at night on that sewing machine and you know you just went to bed with the sound in the background yeah 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 and I at just, that time yeah and when i was in junior high dad had to stay in another city for his work because his work situation changed and so all week she had us kids and all had to get us to work get us to school and 
I remember once, I mean, because that was kind of a poor time between that and this, you know. Yeah. She had yeah. a Pontiac. We had a green Pontiac <laughs> and it was a stick shift. Yeah. But her stick wasn't the real thing. It was um a um screwdriver. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, it was. So, you know, we were just making ends meet until we moved to Jefferson City. Was she but like, next- I don't know. I just, I'm amazed by her because I have three kids and it seems like chaos 24 seven. Yeah. And she had five kids and it just hearing like, was she able to like, you know, keep her patience, keep her wits about her. Cause like, I know her as grandma and to me, like, and all of the grandkids, it's like, you know, she is the quintessential grandma. Like I know people out there are going to be like, I have the greatest grandma ever. And that could be your opinion for sure. But I feel like we honestly had the greatest grandma ever with her. And she was always seemed so patient and loving and, and all of that. Like, but I have to imagine it's easier as grandma and not as easy as mom necessarily. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so was she, well, like, I, yeah. I, you know, she didn't work for the longest time. And it was always wonderful to have her home in the summer because she was always getting up projects to do and things to do. But then the summer she started working, I was probably in junior high, seventh grade or something. It was the most boring summer because she wasn't there to keep us active, I guess. But um, I don't remember her getting, I can remember she was always mad. (laughs) I mean, I mean, sometimes she was always mad, you know, about something and, you know, always trying to get better and everything. Yeah. And then once we moved to Jeff City and then we all went to high school, things calmed down. <laughs> she actually had drawers that weren't junk drawers anymore. You know, yeah. she had sorted stuff out. You know, her yeah. life just became more. Less chaotic because she didn't have tiny kids. Like when I see your house. Yeah, our house was probably the same way. Was it? Okay. Like craziness. Just this craziness. is comforting to me because our house, especially like we're recording this on a Wednesday, by Wednesday or Thursday is like a freaking mess everywhere. Total. Yeah, total I, mess. I want to say we didn't have as much stuff as you have. Mm. We didn't have 22 twos. And <laughs> sorry, like- those are mine. I know I've been I've wanted to get rid of my tutus, but no. Uh no, so I think I just think back like when I'm looking through this book, like she was born in 1916 and it's just like it captures my imagination like what would life be like then you know like yeah, how different yeah. is it now obviously there's a lot of challenges back then that we don't have today and there's challenges we have today that they don't have back then you know and i just the whole thing like captured my imagination because part of yeah. it is you know this person at a certain age like you know i know my grandparents as the age they were when I was young. Yeah, exactly. And she lived in 99. So it's like, I knew her from like 80 to 99. You knew her in her calmer time. Yeah, exactly. I say calmer because yeah, she wasn't, you know, like having kids that she has to pick up after and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And as she got older, she became sweeter and sweeter. I mean, she was (laughs) all. But I mean, all my cousins love her. They just think she's the best because if if you come to her house, what she what does she do to you first when you come to her she house? Tells she gets you food nonstop. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She always yeah. had food. 
some bakery goods or something, but that was the first thing out of your mouth. She had a drawer of cookies and the cookies could have been baked six months ago, maybe six weeks yep. ago. There's no way of knowing how old these cookies were and they're still somehow yep. delicious. You want a ham sandwich? Yeah. Ham sandwich? You want a ham you'd like, sandwich? You'd be like, at no, midnight grandma. at night. <laughs> After I came home from like, you know, going out in this, as a teenager, yeah. she'd be sitting at the door chair just sitting at the chair, rocking chair, maybe had fallen asleep, watched TV and just would still be up. And then she's like, well, you want a ham sandwich or something <laughs> before you go to bed? You know, and we'd sit there and talk and then she'd go to bed. <laughs> and everybody was in. It was yeah. everybody. She had to have everybody in there. Everyone's accounted for it. Yeah. No. Was yeah. there any like, I mean, maybe reading Aunt Chris's little book about her, but or just from talking with her and stuff. Was there any like stories she'd share that you found entertaining or found like fascinating? Or well, I think the one biggest story she told the most, cause she could have gotten in trouble for it. They will at lunchtime, you know, when she went to school at yeah. lunchtime, oh, yeah. <laughs> they'd walk, you know what I'm going to tell This was my favorite story too. Yeah. Oh, well then you can tell. No, no, you tell it. You go. Well, you can, change it i mean you know if i don't tell it yeah the same as you but she walked they'd walk home for lunch at school and then i think she had to get back right to school so she had to cross a railroad track and there was a train there and it was stopped so she crawled under it to get to school yeah and she would have gotten in big trouble had her parents or squished so the train was like actually so she was home she was doing chores like feeding animals and stuff on their farm and she i i guess she just went home during lunch to do all that and then well, coming, and have her lunch and have her lunch and then coming back to school there was a running like a train blocking her way to get back to the school and it was just parked there but like like uh smoke's coming out we're not smoke coal whatever uh, steam, whatever it is, is coming out. It's running like chuka, 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 like that whole thing. And she had crawled under it to get back to school. I want to tell uh, all yeah. my students this story, you know, yeah. like she was so worried about getting back to school. She crawled under a running train, which is just a bad idea. Like, yeah, like, not yeah, recommended. terrible. <laughs> now think of that, you know, like when, okay, we grandma could tell that story. Yeah. I had to do this to get back to school. And you kids have it so easy. You just have to walk three feet to grab the remote, three feet through shag carpeting <laughs> to grab the remote. <laughs> that was her guilt, her like like older generation guilt, you know, like yeah. when you're yeah. here like, I walked 10 miles in the snow both ways uphill. Right to get to school and, and that was yeah her. and you I can say under I under a moving train yeah 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 <laughs> that was the biggest story i think she used to always tell yeah, yeah. but she worked hard because she yeah. was the oldest yeah in her family and she was responsible for a lot lots and lots of chores yeah so you know, i was gonna fact, ask you like what kind of lessons do you think she was successfully able to pass down and i know how like parent kid dynamic like it might not be directly from her telling you it mm. might just be like all in retrospect where you're like, Oh, I did like pick up on that and take that away. Yeah. She had a way. Well, in two things, one is her worth work ethic, you know, and, and the fact that it was actually during the industrial era that 
yeah, the, the industry, industrial revolution. Yeah, right was going then, and so you had you know. I'm fact checking you right now, mom, just to make sure. Okay, find out. All right. Industrial well, revolution. I, this is what I was. Think. The big thing. <laughs> it wasn't was going efficiency. then. Efficiency. <laughs> okay. Multitasking was good. Efficiency yeah. was better. Yeah. You had to get it done quickly. Mm, and I look I back on saying. that now, and it's like so different now. Multitasking is yeah. not the thing to do, you know. Now, even though we all do it, yeah, even though we have to do it, yeah. but yeah, but that was a really big speech. And sit up straight. <laughs> I mean, that sounds kind of crazy, but then the other thing is, um, we had some neighbors. I hope they yeah. don't listen to this, but. I'm sending it to your neighbors from your childhood for sure, 100%. I'm definitely sending this podcast to your neighbors from childhood. Uh, Yeah, no. Uh, Janet actually lives with one right now in the the apartment place she is. But anyway, (laughs) mom, you'd use those people as things we shouldn't do. As I can remember her saying, Martha had a boyfriend and she sat in the middle of the car next to the boyfriend. And boy, that was a no-no. You know, she wouldn't say, you can't do this. She would say, oh my gosh, look at her. You know, she, <laughs> other people as examples of what we're not supposed to do. That's so, funny. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing. She I'll did. always remember like, so going to her house, she lived in Jefferson City, Missouri. And this is the thing. It's kind of like obviously struck me and it doesn't strike you as a kid because you don't see it but just has how much that area has changed like when i was a kid they had woods behind their house and we'd me and the cousins would go running through the woods and right and going on hikes and it felt like those woods went on forever like those might as well have been like the biggest that might have been the biggest forest of all time in my brain when i was growing up and as we got older you know all of a sudden the woods are slowly disappearing and now there's a giant like quarry back there and like a Walmart. And, yeah. And oh, it yeah, was man. just like, it to me, like by the time you guys sold her house and everything, like it was sad because I was like, ah, oh, this is just a reminder of how much this stuff happens. And like, obviously like change is inevitable in life, but that was just such like a visual reminder of that. It always kind of like uh-huh. got to me a little bit. Uh-huh. I never would think that you would think that much, but yeah, yeah. that is true. Even when I go back into my original neighborhood, there was this hill we'd bicycle down and it would cross Little Creek. Yeah. And it seemed so big, you know. Yeah. But now when you go there, it's like, where's that hill? You know, it's like maybe a two foot drop or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I think about that at your house, mom, like in the yard. There's a couple spots we'd go sledding. And when I was a kid, I'm like, this is like gnarly sledding down this hill. Yeah. And now I look at it and I like take two steps and I'm at the top of the hill and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> really? What? There isn't yeah. a hill. Yeah. There's no hill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm but, surprised you remember it as a hill even. But yeah, so I guess the last thing just about grandma, like I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Like I do feel like she, at least from my perspective, like had this thing where she kind of like, just passed on this love for everybody and this caring. And, you know, obviously like she passed away, she's not here anymore around us. And yet I still feel that love and that caring. And I think that's super important. And I think that's kind of like when people talk about their legacies, 
or what people are going to remember about them and things like this. I'm like, I don't think legacies and what people will remember are nearly as important as just like this feeling that you passed along to your family members. Cause that mm -hmm. feeling spreads out and like spider webs out amongst your life and stuff. And that's like, to me, I'm like, that's the thing she gave to us. That is something that is like absolutely priceless. That that's, I just I'm just trying to make to you cry, that. mom. I'm going I know. for the cry. I'm, I'm, I'm the trying tears. not to. I love to hear that from you because we've never had a conversation kind of like this before. Yeah. But there's many times in my life when I wake up in the morning and think, well, because mom was the middle communicator. Yeah. You know, whatever we told her, she told the next Oh, you'd get on the phone with her and she'd just fill you in on everyone's life. She was Facebook before Facebook. You know what I mean? Like grandma, like yes. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah, that's right. they invented that's Facebook right. based off of her. Yeah. Right, right. And she had, um, she laughed vigorously, you know, just yeah. with you for things. Yeah. But we could tell when she was kind of losing it when she, <laughs> do you remember when she drove the car through the, we had um I, it's, there's a name for our it. our driveway like, was high there was like a driveway a, it was up the hill it was like over a garage and a then patio yeah there yeah. was a patio where she parked the car but one day she she stepped on the gas instead of the brake yeah and her front tires knocked that the wall down and were hanging over <laughs> luckily she got out and the car stopped but that was a major feat dad was like Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was one of her exciting moments. No, but she was she was an amazing human being and I do feel like we've all been like positively affected by herself. Oh, absolutely. Anyways, yeah. I wanted to do this whole podcast like not only just to talk about grandma but also talk to you, but I just think for me I think that's such an important thing and like it being like Mother's Day, I'm sure you thought of her a lot. We're doing this a couple of days after Mother's Day, but I'm sure you thought of her a lot and stuff. Right. Well, there's mornings when I would just wake up and I think, oh, I painted a room or something just not insignificant. But I'm like, if mom was here, guess who I would be telling and she would care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what do you think? She, what do you think she would say about you changing your whole entire basement, both rooms to this weird, like, <laughs> wrestling room pad kind of thing on the ground. You know what I mean? She would probably be proud I did it myself. <laughs> I don't yeah. use the basement, by the way. If you're listening to this podcast, it's an <laughs> exercise room. <laughs> it is like it's two exercise rooms together. Yeah, right. But with keyboard right. and, and like a couch. Well, I wouldn't have that stuff. If I could get rid of that, it'd be a complete exercise room. <laughs> I don't know why. Just I don't care because I don't go down there. Yeah, no, I gotcha. I gotcha. I know nice. that was your room, Chris, and you lived downstairs. I did live. It wasn't even my room. I just lived in the basement, know, as teenagers did. tend to do, you know? I guess. Yeah. But anyways, I want to hear a couple of things. So growing up, you were always super active, super athletic. Um you know, adventurous and things like this. Uh, if you think about adventure just as a concept, is it like, how would you place its like importance in your life? Like, why is it something that you seem to always have like some sort of thing planned for the future that you're like looking forward to or that? Right, kind of exactly. But I think that's what 
life is about. You don't just stay sedentary or in one spot. You're always looking for more to learn, to grow, to try, you know, and when you don't have that to look forward to, well, what are you going to do? Just sit in a chair, you know? Yeah. So of course that's, anything can be an adventure. Yeah. Going to yeah. the grocery store and finding a new recipe. Yeah. That's just those things I do now. is <laughs> 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 exciting. Yeah. But yeah. And as you get older, you still need those adventures, but they're just not as active maybe. Yeah. You like, just described climbing down a cliff though. So it is active for you. You know what well, I mean? That was, yeah, that was really a great trip to do, you know? Yeah. When you've like biked the white rim, you know, you've like mountain biked that. And that was within the last, what, four years or so? Like, yeah, you've done this fun. stuff. Like, what, what do you find from it? Like, what is, what is something that you, that keeps drawing you back? Like, obviously, I, it's funny well, you mentioned being active because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is where I get it from for sure. Because, oh, you know, yeah, you yeah. were like growing up, you were always like constantly moving around and doing stuff yeah. and you'd, be doing eight things at once, all that stuff. Well, I don't. What was the question? <laughs> I don't even know what the question was. Just what I do you don't think, even like, know. What, what do you think was, about adventure? Just, What's the why is it you know? Important? It's just you find places and people that want to go somewhere, and you're like, I'm on. Yeah. There's never a reason to say no. Yeah. You know, to try something new. Yeah. Or to be somewhere where you've never been. Yeah. I no, I think that's great. I think those are great pieces of advice. What, uh, what's been some adventures that have kind of stuck out in your brain that you've enjoyed? Well, going backwards, kind of. Yeah. I, you know, I just wrote down some of the bicycle trips yeah. that I've just really enjoyed. And granted, they're organized bicycling trips, but that's a good way to go because, yeah. you know, they know all the routes and stuff. So. Um, we went, I've done this one twice, Zydeco ride in Louisiana and Lafayette. Okay. It was just a fabulous ride because talk about new things we learned. Well, for me, it was so fabulous because I'd never been to the South. Yeah. So to see their culture and their food, to eat crawfish and uh, poor boys and yeah beans and oh, all that stuff is so something. good. And then riding your mountains to coast in um, North Carolina, yeah, that gave you know that gave me an idea what North Carolina was about. Yeah. Starting in the mountains and ending up in Virginia Beach. Then even though as much as I've been in Colorado, we did a job um, a route. It was called colorful Colorado by the wilderness voyagers. They had it and it, it took us and made us, it challenged us to do some of the hard riding, yeah. you know, the altitude climbing on bikes. But the, I thought the most unusual thing is we're all renting bikes. Yeah. We stop at the top of the, um, like one of the passes there. The, the Continental Divide. Oh, yeah. We're at okay. the very top of the Continental Divide. They unload the bicycles. None of us have ridden these bicycles before. And they said, 
get on them. You got nine miles to go down. Straight down. Go down. down. (laughs) And basically on the highway. Yeah. Now they cut that out of the right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we got to go see Maroon Bells and. Yeah. uh, So little towns like Redstone and Carbondale and. Yeah. On bikes. That's amazing. Yeah. When did the bike obsession start? Like, when did that start for you? Okay. You know, I did Ragbrite. I look back at the date. It was the ninth Ragbrite in 1981. Okay. And I always had a bike, you know, but I think my brother and his wife went with me. But, um, but here we are riding on steel bikes back then, <laughs> tennis shoes, yeah, running shorts, uh, what a no helmets, yeah, and we rode that four hundred some miles across Iowa. That's like crazy. That. I couldn't was, believe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, by the end of the ride, you couldn't walk anymore because your feet were done. <laughs> You were chaffing sh- all over, you know, your legs. Especially- I think it's chafing, Mom. Oh, chafing. Okay. Is it chaffing? <laughs> Whatever that was, but yeah. I found How have you ridden bikes as long and you don't know what the word chafing is? Um, you know, that was one trait of grandma's. She would mix up words like that. She would mispronounce words. I mix up uh, like famous quotes. You know, like I'm trying oh. to think of a quote and I'll get the quote like 90% correct, like from a movie uh-huh. and not, but it'll be, something will be wrong. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but it'll be similar. Yeah, but it'll idea. be like, hey, I think we need a bigger ship or we need a larger boat or something like from Jaws and people will be like, that's not exactly 100% correct. That's, you're just taking that out of context. A little You're just bit. putting it in a different context. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so you were like. I mean, that's crazy. What was this, like, because now you've done Rag Rag obsession. You asked yeah. me the obsession, where did it come from? I think it came from Muscatine. Yeah. Because there's a riding club here. Yeah. And we rode four or five times a week. Yeah. And not just 20 miles. We would, on the weekends, we'd do back-to-back 60-mile rides, you know? Yeah. But when you do that, you become such good friends with everybody on there. And I think that that was like our support, each yeah. other, because, you know, you're done, and you're like, hey, I'll see you Monday. We're going to do this on Monday, you know? And yeah, um, I think that's the obsession. And then it's like, okay, we're going to ride tour of the Mississippi Valley, River Valley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's only like a 6,000-feet climb for the <laughs> – one day you know and yeah and you're like okay we'll do it you know just <laughs> crazy th- and you're staying all night with everybody you know yeah. and telling stories and- no i love that i think it's like the community aspect like life gets hard like real life gets hard and this is like not only an escape but also like a support system you know for a lot yeah, of really a support system, i would yeah. say Escape because you can just get on the bike and forget everything. Yeah. But also support people because you know you're going to see those people again tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And I know you've had like you broke your hip on the bike, not to bring up a sore subject or anything, but like then you're brave enough and tough enough to get back on and keep going, you know? 
Well, that was a crazy ride. Because like not just, afterwards. You you went through and did the whole hip thing and all that well, stuff. But yeah, I had to heal. Yeah. But that was a crazy ride because that was just a hey, let's go riding Friday night ride, and it was just three of us. Yeah. And we hit a speed bump that no one expected to hit. You know. Yeah. And um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, that that was like five year healing because two years. I wasted my time with a pin in my hip mm. and then I had to got a hip replacement for the next. Yeah. But next. then you were but still I like, never stopped riding. yeah, you were still like super active and all. Yeah. And you couldn't that. stop riding because that was your life. Yeah. In fact, I remember this is how much it was my life at that time. I remember introducing myself to somebody new and instead of just saying my name and I'm from Muscatine, I said, and I'm a bike rider. <laughs> I thought that was so. That's what's going to make you cry? That part? <laughs> uh, I had an identity. No, you know, I know. When you're a teacher, you have an identity teacher. When you're a tennis coach, you have a tennis coach yeah. identity. And then, but then you're retired and you aren't a teacher anymore and you're not a tennis coach. And Right. You know but I, mean? I was a bike rider. Yeah. No, I, I get you. I don't I'm say sure. that now, but. But I honestly because think pickleball like, has come into play. <laughs> I'm a pickleballer. Uh, no, I think a lot of people probably can relate to that. Honestly, I think that actually is like a really you just touched on something that a lot of people probably feel, you know, um, these sports, these especially especially these endurance sports, like they become a part of us. And oh, there yeah. are ways people relate to the world and like identify themselves and things like that so i think that's huge like honestly i mean i was i didn't expect that to be the thing that made you cry but i i understand why though you know what i mean yeah when i listen to your podcast and those people are saying i don't know why i go out and do this you know yeah. but they do and they just continue to do it yeah. it's like i i do understand that you know yeah. That brings yes. me to my next question. Who's going to listen to the podcast this week, mom? Cause I always just assume when I'm recording, I just assume that you're the one, the only person that's going to listen. And I assume that maybe Brady Manriquez, my buddy Brady also, yeah. but now I'm like, man, I'm taking away 50% of my audience on this episode. You know? <laughs> well, maybe I'll watch it, listen to it again to see if I should call you and say, take this off. This you never want to listen to yourself talk. That's like a pro tip, you know? Oh, okay. I'm yeah. I try not to listen to myself very really? often. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you mentioned a little bit about tennis. Like that's what I remember growing up. I think that was in your tennis phase and yeah. Um, yeah. just being, and you still do tennis, pickleball, that kind of thing. Not that they're the same, but uh but yeah, like, what did that sport mean? Like, was it because the bike riding seemed like it was a really like a community thing? Like that was yeah, the it was part for you. Well, actually, tennis was too. Okay, you know, because um, we had a certain league on every night during the summer. Yeah, I couldn't wait for that. It was just you know, it's hot and sweaty, and you go out there and work as hard as you can. It's kind of like an endurance sport, except thank God somebody I could lose faster than I could hang in there, you know, so it wasn't if someone anywhere. was really good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And those people, the people there, they would always show up and tell stories afterwards and sit around and tease each other and just have a really good time. And they're still, they're still my friends. They were like, 
my friends then, yeah. you know, even yeah. though I moved to a different group now. So it was community. Was it ever competitive? Like, are you, do you think you're a competitive person? No. Besides being a little child? (laughs) What? I said, besides just the natural competitiveness of being a middle child. Yeah. I'm always just trying to stay up with people really to tell you the truth. But, (laughs) but honestly in tennis, I was just, I just played because I like to play. Yeah. That wasn't why I was playing. I was playing. I'm like, I can't beat this lady. She won't play with me anymore if I do, you know, that I didn't because we didn't have sports in high school. Yeah. For girls. Yeah. So you discovered all these sports like later on in life. Right. Right. And competition wasn't why I did it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It was just for exercise. And what about when you were coaching? Was competition important to you then? Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, it was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> but I don't know what to say. Of course it was. You but have to as a coach, first right? First and foremost. Yeah. In my in my thoughts even. Yeah. You know, you just tried to teach the kid, take them from where they are to, to help them improve. And that's about what you do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I, I just think like me seeing it like in retrospect me seeing you and dad just being really active and all that like it's been important in my life because it oh. it's kind of like oh i see my parents be active i see them be adventurous i but I you think it's, yeah but you like it i mean some but people I, don't like being active you know yeah but you like it but i think if you do it so here's my thing like when i started running for example, like I was doing it to train for rugby and I mm-hmm. remember like I had, I forced myself to be consistent with it. I like forced myself through like two months of going on like three, four mile runs to stay in shape for rugby. And uh-huh. I didn't like it at the time. You know what I mean? I think through uh-huh. that consistency, it made me discover a love for it and discover and i might have i might have figured it out anyways like later on in life because i do think it's this great release from stress in real life and stuff yeah but but i'm like that stuff didn't come naturally and then when i think back to like college time like i didn't hiking wasn't a big part of my life being outside at that time meant playing rugby or right. you know, playing practicing a sport. or yeah, playing a sport. Yeah. But you, you know, didn't really, have, where are you going to hike in Iowa city? That's ex- I mean, so, and, but there you know. is though, there are areas for sure. Yeah. If you seek it out, but at the time that wasn't the thing that was important to me. And, right. and I think like, but then thinking back, like drawing back on my experiences as a kid, just playing outside all the time and roaming around the woods and drawing back from experiences of like, you know, seeing you guys being athletes and stuff like that, that I think is where it connected eventually. You know what I mean? It was just but, what I knew. But. but one thing that you have developed in your on your own that you should be really proud of is your consistency. Yeah. And your get at it and keep at it. Yeah. Keep going on that goal instead of just going three. I mean, I see people starting to run now it's spring, right? Yeah. And so you're like, I know they're running to lose weight. But they'll probably run three days and then that'll be it. Maybe. Well, I think part of that is 
sometimes people go out way too hard. They're like, I'm going to start running and running means sprinting in the, in yes. their brains. And like, it doesn't have to like, for me, I mean, my runs right now are very slow. They're not fast and it's trail mm -hmm. running. Like you're going up hills and stuff and it's hard to go really fast, but like, that's just not what it is for me. I can maintain my pace because I can like maintain. Oh, my, you mean you know now I mean? if I come out to hike the mountains, you'll slow down for me? Yeah, totally. Take little yeah. short steps. I heard you learned that lesson. I did learn that lesson. Thomas Mullins, just genius. But um, but yeah, so I don't know. I understand what you're saying, though. I, th I do think personally, and I tell my students this, like consistency is a superpower that's available to every single person like you can every person can be consistent that's the thing but it's hard like, i know most but people they aren't. can't i know most Some people aren't, people aren't can. it's available to everybody yeah. so i think it's right. yeah i think it's definitely an important thing uh mom to wrap up so every time i post about a snake or uh i tell i talk <laughs> about the podcast and i'm like my leg kind of hurts a little bit I inevitably get the mom text <laughs> that says, like your text literally says like, watch out for snakes. And I'm like, I did. Yeah, I. <laughs> That's you know. why you saw that one. But I know I, what's good about it is you no longer get mad at me for those mom comments. I You're don't. like, okay, it's just a mom comment. I thumbs up it on text messages. I just like do the thumbs up like snakes or there's sometimes I'll send a snarky thing back though, you know? Like but when I said, out. don't let the kids run ahead, they might run into a snake. You were okay with that. Well, I understand. Cause now I'm a parent and I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. That's not cool. All right, good. I don't want that to happen. But some of them were cracking me up the other day. I was like, oh yeah. Um, I can't remember what, what it was saying, but uh, but I get it though. So let me ask you this. It's mother's mother's day podcast. Um, what's like an essential mother piece of advice that you can leave everybody with? Yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm putting you oh, on the you spot. Are. You should have given me. Well, you know, what's funny. Here's what's funny. Here's what's funny is you'll, it'll, I'll be like, I'll slightly mention like as an aside, like, yeah, my calf has been kind of tight. And then I'll get this long email or text from you like about calf massages or calf treatment and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a lot. But when I ran that 100K in Iowa and you saw me at the worst I've ever felt in any of these ultras, like I was like heat exhaustion, my face was red. I was like, I just have to, I would like the, the curtains were closing in my eyes, you know? And I was like, I have to the sit funny down. Thing. I was like, I have to sit down. And then I, in my mind, I'm like, my mom's going to be here. And she's going to be like, oh, my God, this sport is ridiculous. You're like, this is destroying you and all this stuff. And in that moment, you were completely calm. And you're just like, nah, you're good. <laughs> I know, because, you know, really, I didn't realize you were on your deathbed, for one thing. I and was the good other at thing is. It? Remember, After I was like, I've sit down. I just had, I was like, I came in and I'm like, I just need to sit down. <laughs> like, well, after going through rag ride where it's 114 degrees riding yeah, and, yeah. and helping other people with heat exhaustion, it was just a no brainer. I was, I think I'm used to it because of that. And I didn't think it was any big deal, except then I realized it was after you said it. 
No, did you after I talked about it on the podcast or I, you like, came in smiling? You were smiling. I was faking it, mom. I was just oh, being like, okay, I'm gonna well, smile so no one freaks out right now. <laughs> well, I was a little nervous handing you the lemonade and water and stuff because I thought you'd be mad that I was letting people know that I was your mother there. <laughs> no, no, I was like. That saved me. If that lemonade and water wouldn't have happened, I don't think I would have finished that race. Like, no joke. Well, I do remember on the phone before that happened the day before. Do not bring signs. Do not cheer Oh, yeah. Me. I didn't want signs. Me. And I already had the signs made, too. <laughs> I had to leave them at home. <laughs> so, so Harper this weekend is running her first 5K race. She oh, did girls she? on the run. It's like this program. It's like a oh. leadership program slash like running thing for kids uh, uh -huh. in elementary. And so you, should I bring a sign? And should I bring ice cold lemonade? Well, you better ask her. I better ask her. I better respect that. Anyways, yeah. mom advice. I gave yeah. you time. I stalled for you. Okay. We got. But. What's, the, I, I what's your mom? Lost, I was still thinking of Harper running that race. That's, <laughs> I guess I dropped off into that scene. I thought so. I didn't get froze. to tell my skiing story. I oh yeah, tell me, tell, tell me your skiing story real no, quick. No, there's a million stories. I wrote down oh. a bunch. Oh, perfect. Then we're gonna have to do round two, Mother's Day next year. Oh no, that's fine. Yeah, no Mother's that's Day fine. next year. That's round good. two. What's that? Round, Round two? two. My next skiing year. story? Yes. Yeah, oh, next year. Next yeah. year. Next year. I'll have those stories. I'll keep them on this. We'll put a paper. cliffhanger in. I don't even, I don't think I even know the ski story. No, I don't think you do. Oh my God. I don't think you know I rode with John Claude Keeley, who won three Olympic medals. I thought for a second you were going to say John Claude Van Damme, and I was like, going to be super psyched. No. John Claude <laughs> Keeley. This is a long time ago. Remember? Okay. I was probably 20 years old. No way. Well, you know, okay. I mean, oh, now Rachel you're telling Ski. the story. This is a spoiler. I know. Alert. Do you want me to wait? Yeah, wait till year? next year. That's Come the Come back next year. Come okay. back for the exciting story about John Claude Keeley. All right. All right. And my mom. Yes. Okay. <laughs> See you next year. All right. Or come back, Dan Gable and my mom story at an aid station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Famous Dan Iowa. Gable. Dan Gable. When I worked the every it's not really that's that's not an exciting story really. But no, um, I I can't even <laughs> agree with that. I agree with that. He's just a goofy little old man, but a successful goofy old man. Very successful at what he did for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, thank you, mom, for coming on. Like I absolutely love you, obviously. Um, and yeah, I appreciate it. I'm sorry this episode took like. I love you too. It, <laughs> But don't do it. You're doing it, aren't you? <laughs> doing what? You're writing little kid. You're trying to get me to cry. Oh, no. I th I just okay. was laughing because when you said I love you too, it sounded like a rope. Like I, so I was forcing you to and you're just like, I love you too. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Okay. You know? Well, you know. I'm trying to get you to cry. You already did. I already did. I, I, I know. I already kind of did. Yeah. I tr I tried, and then you made yourself cry, so that worked uh, out. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. But I will say, I'm. I apologize. It's taken 330 some episodes to get you on. I mean, officially oh. get you on the podcast. You did an outro to one, but. Um, oh yeah, I did that outro. Yeah. That was plenty. Believe me. That was okay. plenty. That was a lot of my friends' Maybe. favorite outro ever. By the way. Oh really? 
Uh-huh. Yeah. So they actually listened to that outro. They did. Remember, you said I'm the only one that listens. I don't to think outros. anyone listens to the outros. That's kind of why, like, honestly, if you haven't listened to the outros, in my opinion, like, I like I end up just saying whatever comes into my brain. I don't really even know what I say sometimes, but I'm like, it's probably the most like authentic I can be is during the outros because no the kidding. off, you know, to sometimes those outro outros go on forever. They do. And like that, you that's really why get I'm on like, a roll. No one's listening to this nonsense. How, right how's now. other podcasters do it? I have no I, I they do it sometimes. I don't know. I don't know, oh, yeah. but yeah, that's the beauty of podcasting. You can kind of just do it the way that you want to do it and that you're comfortable with. So, okay. Well, that's, what's cool about it. That's hey, yeah. Cool. I might get you on a radio station here. Oh, Muscatine. My God. oh my God. <laughs> hey, listen, when this yeah. is over, can you still be on the zoom and I see the kids? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Actually, I was oh. about to do that right now. So anyways, thank you, mom. Uh, we'll get back at you at some point. Okay. Love you. Keep up the good work. All right. And love just you. The fun work. All right, that wraps up this week's podcast. Uh, thank you all for joining in. Um, and thank you to Carol Ward for coming on the show. That was super fun for me. Um, I, like I said in the intro, like I don't really know how to put words to it, which is hard because it's an audio podcast. Um, but it was, it was really meaningful to just have an excuse to sit down and and talk with my mom for an hour and uh, ask her some of these questions that we've never fully talked about. Um, it meant a whole lot to me. So uh, thank you, mom, for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for being my mom and uh, letting me just run around the yard and the woods like crazy when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure this is how I remember summer. This could be just nostalgia. Who knows if this is the accurate version of how I remember summer, but I I remember it where basically in the morning I would leave the house and like I said in the podcast, like my yard felt like its own world. You know what I mean? Like when you're a kid, what you know is your whole entire world and my yard felt like it was everything, you know, and it felt humongous and the trees were giant and, you know, we had different trees that we would, some trees were, we'd have like a little fort in and I always wanted like a really cool tree house. Uh, but basically I built like a wooden ladder up to the middle of a tree and like nothing. There was no, like, <laughs> there was enough room for us to sit down, me and a couple of friends, but there wasn't like, like it wasn't like an actual like tree house or whatever, but there were some trees you did that. There was trees where, uh, you knew there was like a hornet's nest in. So if you hit the tree or you played baseball by it, it would knock that hornet's nest and then you'd be in big trouble. Uh, then we had like apple trees and cherry tree and all this stuff. And just that yard was like, my whole entire world and and I swear this is how I remember it is I would just leave in the morning shoes were optional and I would just run around almost all day in the yard playing with the neighbors um then we'd have this we had this whole woods in my like behind it and we would just head out into there and just I don't even know what we'd do we just pretend we'd just pretend we were like 
whatever ninja turtles or something uh and play in the woods and and uh and then i just remember like every once in a while i would just my mom would just yell like chris lunchtime and then i like run up and there'd just be like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches out there and uh yeah and i was just to me like i just appreciate that so much because just the amount of time just playing in the fresh air is so huge like even to this day like if i've had a day where i'm stressed or anxious this actually happened a couple of weeks ago i remember like i got home and i, I can't even remember what was going on but like i just was overwhelmed there was like a lot of stuff to do um now i'm learning as a parent and as an adult there's a lot of stuff to do all the time <laughs> uh and i was like oh man like i'm just like anxious right now for whatever reason and i just went out in the backyard and just like hung out and feeling the fresh air blowing against me and and all that like it just it just like reinvigorated me and i felt better and i was like oh yeah this is literally what all the people say ever who know stuff about like the mental health and how to keep people happy and like the importance of the outdoors and of course i know this because like that's why i love trail running and that's why i love going for a hike and stuff but even literally just sitting in my yard in the outdoors like going from an indoor environment which is i don't know can be so like sterile and the air is like not moving and and all that and then you're in the outside environment you get hit with the sun you're getting hit with the wind maybe the rain all that it just reminds you like oh yeah like I am a person and I am like here on the planet so um so yeah so I just I just appreciate that because I think my parents gave me that um whether they intended to or not I don't know <laughs> there's so much as a parent now I'm realizing like we probably give to our kids that's uh not intended you know um but i think ultimately the most important thing that we do give them is just love and support and both my parents have done that for me and i'm very appreciative of that um and yeah and i guess the other thing i wanted to mention just in the outro here um uh, is when she was talking about like how important being a cyclist was to her and how that was kind of how she like identified herself as a far for a while. I think so many people that are athletes, especially in the endurance arena or whatever, I think so many people can relate to that. These things like going out and riding your bike, going out and going for a run. Like if I'm seeing people jogging around the neighborhood right now, like you know, it's, sometimes you're just like, oh, it's just a person going for a run. But this might mean the world to them in that moment for whatever reason. Maybe they're going through a rough time and this is their one like reprieve from the rough time. Or maybe like my mom said, to just that activity has led them to so many wonderful relationships uh, with a community and and let them see like, all these parts of the world they never thought they'd see. And I think that's why endurance sports 
or just really just having a passion and having a hobby that you're involved in, maybe involving other people too. That's why I think that's so important uh, in all of our lives. And, and yeah, I just, that really hit me for sure. Um, so, so yeah, I think a lot of people probably can relate to that part. So, um, but yeah, that wraps up the mother's day episode to all the moms out there. You guys are amazing. That is probably the hardest job in the whole entire world. I can't say a hundred percent cause I am not a mom, <laughs> uh, but man, like just keep doing, doing your absolute best, you know, uh, and remember like spreading the love and the support, like ultimately that really is, that is the main goal of this. That is the thing that your kid takes away. That's the thing other people take away. Um, I saw this quote on Instagram, my friend Jason Suddeth shared it and it's by some artists. So I don't even, Charlie Mackesy. I don't know. I'm probably saying the artist's name wrong, but it just says one day you'll look back and realize how hard it was and just how well you did. And I think that's a good quote to wrap up this episode. And I think it's important for all of us to consider. So anyways, uh, we'll, we will get back at you all next week. Thanks for tuning in.